Welcome to the Veritas Equipping Podcast, a podcast designed to provide insight, resources, and biblical wisdom. Our mission as Veritas Church is raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, glorify God. Join us as we pursue Jesus to become mature disciples and effective disciple makers for God's glory. Veritas, welcome to our equipping podcast. We're in the middle of a series on uh, parenting, specifically being uniquely Christian in our parenting. And we've looked at issues like parenting little kids, parenting teens, discipline. And today we're going to talk about rhythms in the family when it comes to parenting. We've got some special guests with us, Michael and Erica Rhodes. Michael's one of our elders and our staff director, and uh, we're excited to get in this conversation together. So uh, first, guys, tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, so we have four children. Uh, our oldest is 10. Our middle one is about to, well, not our middle one anymore, uh, but our second is turned six this month, and then we have a three-year-old, and we have a seven-week-old today. Seven weeks. Yep. How's sleep in, in the home Well, going? that's why I laughed when we were asked to talk about rhythms, because everything seems a little <laughs> bit off there's, right there's now. There's zero <laughs> rhythm to our lives right now. <laughs> Uh, everything's a rhythm. There may be some chaos in rhythms, you uh, but you're, you guys uh, are, are qualified to talk about it because if you can talk about rhythms, anybody can. <laughs> um, seven week old, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's exciting. She slept like six hours in a row last night at one point, right? Is that Something? a new record? I don't know. We can't even keep up. She likes to cry. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to the front lines of parenting with you guys. You guys are in the thick of it um, with a newborn. uh, How old is Jeremy? Ten. Ten. So you're a ten-year-old down to a newborn, just kind of in the battle of parenting. Um, So this is is examples and stories from the front lines. So um, what are the biggest lessons you guys are learning right now? Like when you're in the thick of parenting, what do you think? What parental lessons are you learning? I would say one of the big ones I'm learning right now is um, parenting is less maybe about our children and more about my holiness. <laughs> um, so I'm just learning that like these are opportunities for me to be sanctified instead of being bothered by the challenges that um, are brought before us each day. Look at it as a way of just refinement for me first before my kids, because I think I want them to have it right. When God's like, in my kindness, I'm going to allow you to be challenged and refined so that you can look more like me first. So worry about you and your um, and how I'm choosing to refine you in this parenting journey, and I will then change the heart of your children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. That's that's what I would say too. The when I think of parenting, it has revealed so many idols in my own heart. Um, one of them being control. Like I want to control how my kids act, how my kids operate. Um, never thought that that's how I would parent, but in my sinfulness, that's what I run to because I think in control I feel better about mm-hmm. myself. And so when the boys are acting, we have so our oldest three boys, our youngest is our baby is a girl. So when the three boys are acting like, you know, 10, 7, and 3-year-old boys, <laughs> and they act crazy. Uh, because I, they're 10, 7, and 3-year-old yeah, boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're sinful too, right? <laughs> sinful, but crazy sin, boys. Yeah, yeah. so when, when they're acting that way legitimately, um, I tend to like, no, you can't do that, and I control it with whether it's anger or 
something, but it's all to for my own satisfaction rather than their like they're good. Mm. But I'm yeah, like Erica said, learning so much about my own holiness uh, these days and my lack thereof um, mm. outside of the gospel. And the reality is um, our behaviors are more caught than taught. And so if I can truly pursue righteousness and holiness and worship and all that I do, um, then they're going to see that and model that more than, okay, let's do this and this and this. And there, I mean, there's a time and a place to teach and direct and lead, but they're going to model the um, peace and patience and kindness that I'm choosing to display or not display. Mm. Yeah, and even I would say the other big thing that I'm learning now, because God's just revealed some some depth of anger that I didn't know was in my heart. I think kids lack can of, bring that out. Yeah, right? kids yeah. bring it out. The lack of sleep brings it out. But and I can I can give all those excuses, but in, at the root of it, it's my own sinfulness yeah. and responding in anger to my kids. And what I've just been reminded that it's God's kindness that leads mm. us to repentance. And even if if I follow that, even that principle. Like in my own fatherhood, I want like my kindness toward my kids. Now, there's instruction, there's teaching, there's discipline, all that needs to happen, but it needs to be like my, hopefully, my kindness toward them in loving, righteous correction will lead them to change. Yeah. Ultimately, it's gonna be Jesus that changed their heart, but hopefully, the, what leads them there is my kindness and not my wrath, right? Yeah, that they would see the fruit of the Spirit in you. I love how you guys pointed out parenting is a tool in your own holiness, or it's that kids bring out the anger in you. It's not that they make you angry. You're angry because anger was in you, and they just revealed it in that situation. So it's a chance for us to work on our own godliness. Is there anything specific or practical in parenting that you guys are just both like, hey, we're working at getting better at this? How long is this podcast? (laughs) Okay. Well, I will say this is for me. I wish that this wasn't the case. But one other thing that I am learning is a sense of humor goes a long way. So um, is this something to really get bothered by or can I laugh at laugh through it because honestly a lot of things that I think are a big deal are not a big deal. And so that's one thing. I'm trying to work at, especially as a girl who has one sister, there are just things that I did not grow up around. And I'm like, yes, I can laugh about that. It is okay. (laughs) It is kind of funny. (laughs) One twin sister, right? right? So growing up, just a twin sister, only girls in the home to mothering three boys. And now your baby's a a girl, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that could be a different house dynamic. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I mean, <clears throat> it's just crazy, but you you use all those moments to to laugh and uh, choose your battles wisely. Yeah. Like, um, we've chosen far too uh, far lesser battles than we should on many occasions, yeah. and to go, why in the world are we going to get so upset about? I don't know, like the bed not being made properly mm-hmm. or the the shoe being left out in the spot that it shouldn't have been like now there's moments that you're like, Hey, you can't just leave your shoes where everybody's going to trip on them. But are we going to go to the same level of like, you were just super disrespectful to another adult or you're uh, mm-hmm. disobedient. Like, like it's not the same level of, of issues there. So choosing your battles wisely. Yeah. Is there any surprises in parenting? Like your expectation of going into parenting is going to be this. And then you are parents. It's like, I didn't think it would be like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I'm a very um, 
like I like rhythms. That's why maybe that's why y'all asked us to talk about it. I like um, routine. I'm a list person. And I think what I was surprised at most was like my kids are not robots. So A plus B does not always equal C. Like if I read the right things and say the right things and do the right things and then my kids will be this way and that's just not the case and so that surprised me I'm like just work harder and try harder as a parent and that's actually Mm -hmm. anti-gospel you know and so for me it was surprising how much I had to let go and think oh I really don't have control over my children's like behavior and the way that they choose like I I have control over me so I can choose to model that but I was surprised that oh, I can't actually make them be the best student the yeah. best the most polite person use their words always like not fight like all of those things I can't force that like I can model it but it doesn't always turn out exactly how I think it will if I've read the right book said the right hmm. things done the right thing that's good like parenting's not this clean math equation mm-hmm. where it always gets the and same outcome. I think any parent would acknowledge this what you did for one child may not work for the next <laughs> child. Our, I mean, our our three boys, because our you know seven week old, we don't know her personality at this stage, other than crying. Um, <laughs> but our three boys have such different personalities, and what works for one of them, like the way that I discipline one of them, may crush them in a sense yeah. of like, oh, they've got tears pouring, and I wasn't going for that. The other one's like, what? I, that didn't bother me, you yeah. know, kind of thing. And so it's just a. Uh, just knowing that God designed each of your child, mm. children uniquely, and that's a good thing, that they were fearfully and wonderfully made. And so helping to us to remember that as we're parenting them, that, oh, that worked great for number one, but number two and three, that's not going to work for. And so it's trusting the Lord every minute, a moment yeah. of every day. No, that's good, because my experience was like opposite of yours. I had one brother, and so and my dad's a football coach, so our house was was testosterone more than estrogen and so I had a son I get it this is what we do and now two girls uh and if I look at Johnny bad that she's devastated you know I can't but Mo it's a little different so yeah every kid is different in in how you parent them um but you guys do have you're very intentional in in your life in your relationships uh, in your rhythms, I remember being at your house for dinner, and you had on the chalkboard like the menu for the whole week. Yeah, that hasn't been filled out since <laughs> she's been born. <laughs> but I'm like, this is some rhythm here. This is some planning, and I know uh, even when it doesn't seem or it seems messy, you guys are intentional in your relationship. So when it comes to your parenting, what are three pieces of advice that you would give families um, when it comes to being intentional? Um, especially as Christian parents, that things that we should be doing with our kids, um, and how do you implement those rhythms in your life? I think the first thing I would say is there are seasons where you're going to do it better than other times. Um, like right now, I would say we're not doing some things that we would love to do, but that's just reality. That's just where we are. It's not going to last forever. You need to give yourself some grace. When you're thinking oh, I want to do this devotional with my family and it's going to look, you know, this perfect way. Like, eh, that's just not (laughs) going to happen all the time. Like, we would love to, like, sit around, like, Little House on the Prairie or something, but that's just not what our household looks like. Sometimes when we do, early on when we do, like, read a Bible story out of the Jesus Storybook Bible or something, we'd read, like, David and Goliath, and the 
the devotional would end with our boys wrestling on the floor, you know? So <laughs> you start out with like, oh, we're going to read the Bible story as a family, and then like they're like pretending that like the G- Goliath is getting knocked down, and then like people are crying by the end of the Devo, and you know, <laughs> it's exactly what you all dreamed it would be. But I do think the important thing, though, is that the rhythms create... Um, a easy habits when life does get crazy. So like, yes, life does feel crazy. It feels a little bit chaotic, but we still have instilled these rhythms that at night we're still going to read the Bible together. Mm. And it may not look as pretty or put together, but that's what our kids are used to doing. And so we're going to do book and Bible before bed. We're going to sing a worship song together. We're going to pray together. And even if we're tired and the kid is crying and I'm having to walk out with a baby or whatever, that's still happening because we made it a rhythm in our life. Yeah, we have a bunch of different Bibles, like Jesus, like different story Bibles for kids. And right now, I'm reading the shortest ones possible. <laughs> like, it's the one pager, you know? It's not the one that's like the five yeah. minute story. No, we're going to read a 30 second Bible story yeah. tonight. And, but they've latched onto the story of Moses right now. And so I said, like, Jesus or God's voice said Moses, like in this really deep voice. And now the boys have just, they want to just say Moses every time <laughs> we read. But there's like a, it's fun. Um, I don't know what they're getting out of it. It may just be humor right now, but it's happening every night. But it's not the long story with lots of great questions at the end of it. It's just like, hey, this is this is what we got time to do tonight. Do you think sometimes parents are crushed under their own idealistic expectation of family devotions mm-hmm. and what that should look like? Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Like you're going to have this great, every they're going to sit cross-legged listen. and listen <laughs> intently and ask great questions. We've had many family divas where I've apologized at the end of it because I got so angry because they weren't acting proper. We did one where I'm like trying, okay, everybody's going to sit down and they're just squirrely and goofy and talking. So in my uh, revenge, I was like, all right, I'm switching the Bible story to this demonic possession. I'm just going to freak you out with the demons. (laughs) And that ended in tears. And then I sent somebody to bed and it's like, so the family devotion turned to me apologizing and asking for forgiveness. So I think it helps too, that other people have welcomed us into their, their rhythms of life so that we see, oh, this is what it actually looks like with little children or the kids your age or boys or whatever. And you're still being faithful to worship together, but this is how worship looks like in your family. This dad can play the guitar and sing. We cannot, but that's okay because this is what it looks Mm. like for you. And when we've been in families' homes for dinner and they're like, okay, this is what putting our kids to bed looked like before we had kids. And instead of just not doing that, they welcomed us into it. And now that's what we do as well. Um, because the thing is, it's important to have people in your home regularly, especially believers, um, if we're going to look like the Acts Church. And instead of just putting those rhythms aside every time you have someone in your house, valuing your children in those rhythms and valuing those people enough to say, this is what our life really looks like. This is how we do it. Come, come read the Bible, the children's Bible with us. Come sing this song with us. Even if you don't know it, like this is how we pray with our kids. And yes, their eyes are open and they're fighting with each other, but that's how we learned to do it Mm -hmm. because other people showed us and it helped us let go of this like perfect ideal mm. because we saw other people who loved the Lord and it didn't look clean either. Yeah. yeah. 
part of a good benefit of Christian community is just parenting in front of each other. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a tremendous help. You guys mentioned reading uh, the Bible at night or different Bible stories, just to kind of give a plug. If you guys are looking for a good resource in our resource center, there's the Jesus Storybook Bible, and this tremendous. I mean, I'll read it sometimes by myself just because <laughs> it does such a good job throughout the Scripture of pointing every Bible story to Jesus and the coming promise there. So if you're looking for a resource, that's a that's a great. Yeah, one. it is. It is probably our boys' favorite Bible that we have. Um, and it is convicting to me on so many times I'm reading this story. I'm like, oh, I'm about to be in tears by mm. what's happening here, but I, I'm not going to cry in front of my kids right now, you know, <laughs> or something. But, um, yeah. And the pressure of, like, family devotions, before we move off from that, is this tendency to compartmentalize. Like, okay, I go through my normal life, and now it's bedtime, so we got we got to do our spiritual thing. And really trying to weave those throughout your day. Um, in every situation, one helpful game when our kids were younger, and even now, still every now we'll do it, is just if you're watching TV or listening to the radio, we kind of say, find the lie, and we'll pause it. Just like, all right, there's a lie. What, what's the lie that they're trying to tell you? And then what's the truth? And just helping kids see following Christ in all aspects of life beyond just bedtime. Yeah, I would say the kind of the three categories that would lead to some of that for me would be like meal times car time and bedtime, Mm. um, which, I mean, you're saying like TV time as well. So there's a lot of those things. But for us, like mealtime is important. Uh, We want to eat together as much as we can. I know that will change over the course of when they become teenagers and they're playing sports and all that kind of stuff. But right now we try to take advantage advantage of those mealtimes. Again, those mealtimes are crazy too, though, right? We we just do highs, lows, and gratefuls. That's what Mm. we say. Like, what was your high for the day? What was your low for the day? And what are you grateful for today? Mm. And, uh, highs, lows, and gratefuls. Yep. Yep. I've heard like, uh, what's the rose and the thorn Mm -hmm. or what's your happies and crappies. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Those guides for conversations that get kids talking. And I mean, for the three-year-old, the high is whatever food is in front of him for the night, you know, (laughs) the spaghetti, even though he hasn't eaten any of it. Right. So, or, or the low is, he didn't know what a low even means. So he's like, when I got to jump on the trampoline outside, we're like, ah, I think that should have been your high, buddy. You know, <laughs> um, But uh, there's a rhythm to it, yeah. and they know what to expect. Again, it can get crazy, out of control at times, and we don't try to like be so like refined in it that yeah. like, we're not going to laugh at it. So you said uh, bedtime, mealtime, and car time. car time. So how, what do you do in car time to be intentional? Um, so that's not just like listening to worship music all the time. It it could be. Mm -hmm. Um, but for us, I've always, anytime I take the boys to school, I try to be intentional. So right now in the rhythm, I take our five-year-old and 10-year-old to school. We pull out of the, um, our road going to school and it's only like a two minute drive. So we don't have a lot of time, but it's all right, boys pray for each other. So one of the five-year-old prays for the 10-year-old, the 10-year-old prays for Mm -hmm. the five-year-old. Uh, when we were living in Georgia, we had a like 15, 20 minute ride to school and uh, me and Jeremy our oldest would listen to the streetlights bible which puts this like hip-hop beat behind the stories and he loved it (laughs) and so it was like dad can we listen to that cool bible thing and uh, so that was what we did at those times but it's not always bible stories and prayer but it's talking like hey what are you looking forward to today like let me pray for you and not just you guys pray for each other that cart time advice is gold Uh, 
use that, those little moments. Like, don't waste those little moments. And I loved how you had your boys pray for each other. Like, just even fostering a good relationship between the two. When you pray for somebody, that's a that's a really meaningful thing. And it's, I mean, right now the prayers are like, pray that he has a good day, you know. Pray that he listens to his teachers. Great. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. And yeah. so... I think bigger scale, so this is like more daily stuff, like a probably like a monthly thing I try to do is take each one of my kids out on like a date. And it doesn't have to be this all night thing. It could be after school for an hour for ice cream. And the goal for me um, is to not talk as much as possible and to be as silent as possible and let them lead the conversation where it goes. And oftentimes it's pretty shocking. I'm like, when I close my mouth and I make myself available, the things that come Mm. out. And um, that's a rhythm that's become very important to my children. They ask for it. Like, hey, mom, we haven't gone on a date in a long time. And I do, I mean, they get, usually it's an ice cream date. So who doesn't like that? But I mean, so that's exciting. But I think they really yearn for that connection. And it's undivided attention between them. And it helps me get to the heart of what's really going on. And um, sometimes it's really hard and sometimes it's really heavy. And um, instead of getting paralyzed with what the Lord has chosen to reveal in that, uh, allow it to um, prompt my prayer life more intentionally for them um, because he is the one who changes their hearts. And so I just ask for the Holy Spirit to bring light in those situations and um, wisdom to our lives so that we can parent and he can do his mm. work in that. That's really good. Yeah, I would. In all this, I mean, the meal times, the bed times, the car times, all that kind of stuff, I would just say, lower your expectations, it's not ideal, and be consistent over time. Mm. Just be faithful to it. And I, I mean, have fun with it, but there are moments to like, oh, that's a great teachable moment where we can bring up a, a Bible story, we can bring up the gospel in this situation. So if you came to our house, you're not going to see us, yeah, just sitting like perfect hands in our lap doing these things, but we're going to talk about Jesus often. And it's not going to be just at those specific times, but we may be riding in the car and an ambulance go by and like, hey, we're going to stop and pray for, you know, whatever's going on, wherever the ambulance is going to. And the kids are are great at that, and they kind of initiate that sometimes too. I would say um, Deuteronomy 11, 18 through 20, which it's in Deuteronomy 6 too, but um, you shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your head, and they shall be as frontless between your eyes, and you shall teach them to your children, talking to them when you are sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates. And basically the biggest thing is we can't teach organically through this life if we are not being filled um, through the word. And so you asked, you know, what are some three big points? And one of them is to speak scripture and the truth of the Lord and what he's telling us. We need to be filling ourselves with that to speak it and to be ready for that as we go and to be able to apply that. Um, The second thing I think that's important is a rhythm of prayer and fasting. Like if we look at the life of Jesus and the way that he discipled his children, um, not his children, his disciples, um, he regularly modeled prayer and fasting. He said, come with me, watch me pray, and did that with them. And it's important for my kids to wake up. And maybe it's not the first thing in the morning um, because 
the night has been long with the newborn, but they will see me at some point in the word. They will see me at some point praying. Sometimes they join in, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're writing in my journal as I'm reading, but um, bringing them into that rhythm. And then the last one, I would say that the third one for me would be um, regularly prioritizing church worship Mm -hmm. um, with a body of believers and communion. Um, these are things that we do communally, and if we don't value and prioritize that, they're not either. And it's easy to allow soccer and other activities and sports and whatever else to kind of take over that time, but to really protect that, that this is going to be a regular rhythm in our family that we prioritize because um, we value it and it's important. So. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Um, I love the the framework of bedtime, mealtime, car time, whatever, and then the direction in Deuteronomy of, hey, got to weave this in all of life. But if we don't, if we're not intentional in our rhythms, we might not have them. Mm-hmm. So I'd encourage you guys to think of um, either bedtime, mealtime, car time, TV time, whatever, to say, like, how am I being intentional to continue to point my kids back to the gospel um, in, in the rhythms of your life, but be intentional in whatever those rhythms are. Guys, in closing, uh, you're in the thick of the of parenting right now, newborn to 10-year-old. Um, what word of encouragement would you give parents that are, that are battling it right now? I would say give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not a perfect parent. Jesus, the Lord, is a perfect father, though. So go to him, listen to him, um, when you don't get it right, be quick to confess and apologize. Bring other people into your life to confess to as well. Like I got a group of guys that I'll say like, hey, I, I was really not appropriate in my like anger toward my kids last night. And I had to apologize, but I want you guys to know so you can pray for me. So, But give yourself grace in all that. I think it can be overwhelming. Um, and for me, I constantly wonder, am I doing enough? Am I doing the right thing? And um, a mentor of mine, when I first became a parent, said, um, as a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. Like, don't take that lightly. Um, God has given you your children on purpose, and he has equipped you with the great counselor. So um, just know, like, believe in the power of the Holy Spirit that's at work in you, and trust that, like, he has given you your children for a purpose, and um, equipped you for the things that you need through the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't take that lightly. Mm-hmm. That's good. Parents, I'd, I'd encourage you to sit down together and identify your rhythms, um, how you're intentionally wanting to uh, bring the gospel into your parenting. Uh, we love you. We know you're in a in a challenging season of life to raise kids. It's hard, but it's one of the most important things you're called to do, and discipleship begins in the home. So we want to be a resource to you and help as always. So if you're struggling or want help, reach out. And we would love to come alongside and help in any way we can. Love you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Veritas Equipping Podcast. If you have any questions you would like us to address or ideas on how we can serve you better, please reach out to us by email at info at veritascr.church and put podcast in the subject line.